Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. I think it's so neat that you're able to join us through this medium, and it means so much to me personally to hear that this has been used to encourage so many of you. It has always been the posture of Genesis to tangibly extend the love of Jesus in various ways, both locally and across the world. We support programs that assist families in need, contribute to ongoing works and building projects in Mexico. We've built a latrine and cafeteria for St. Andre's School in Haiti, as well as are advancing a food program there that we hope will help feed the children for years to come. The money collected for all these endeavors could have paid for a facility of our own many times over, but instead, we've intentionally chosen to be a mobile community since we began. We now have before us an opportunity to invest in a building of our own. We're not doing this, however, without considering the works we're committed to or even the works we feel compelled to keep doing in the future. But we're asking, if you've benefited from this podcast or from anything that Genesis has done, would you consider partnering with us by donating to this work directly at www.thegenesisstory.com and click on the Building Fund tab. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Together, let's prepare for an amazing tomorrow. Thanks, and God bless. That's what I want to talk about tonight, is building others up. Because as leaders, that's really our job, is to build people up and to help them to develop in all these areas of life. And so in Ephesians chapter 4, we see that Paul, first of all, challenges people. And so one of the things that leaders need to do is challenge people. That's really what happened here. I challenged you to get up and speak, and you did. And I think everyone here would say thank you for that, right? So we need to challenge people. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, Paul says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. What a challenge. I want you to walk in a manner that's worthy of what you've been called to by God. That's setting the bar high, right? He doesn't say, hey, I want you to just give, you know, try and do your best. No, he says, I want you to walk worthy of this call that God has placed on your life. I want you to be up for the task. He's, he's really challenging them, don't waste your life. Don't let your life be meaningless. Make it count. And I think that's something that has to happen if we are going to lead people, is we have to challenge people to make your life count. Make it a value by how you live, by the things that you do, and challenging people to live beyond themselves, to discover that there is more there than you thought. My daughter gave us a just touching, funny, beautiful card, a thank you card, after she had her party and she graduated. And one of the things that she said in the card is that she didn't know that she had this in her to complete the nursing schooling until she did it. But now she knows that there's more that she can do, but she had to be challenged to do it. 
she said it much more beautifully. I should have brought it here. But really, it was uh, inspiration where she was challenged to do something that she thought, there's no way I can do it. But because she was challenged, she actually rose to the challenge. Leaders are there to challenge people. Your life can be more. You can do more. I'm raising the bar. You can do this. And so we need to not be afraid to do that. If we're going to lead people, we need to challenge them that they can do more, that they have more within them, that they have their strengths, that God has given everyone an ability, that you've been created in Christ for good works, that God has ordained that you should walk in them. God has created you to do good things. The challenge here is do them. And when people start thinking, well, I don't know what I can do. I'm not that qualified. I'm not that gifted. You don't understand. You are. You can. You will if you will step up. And so challenging people is really important. Um, And as a leader, we play, I think, a very critical role in the lives of people by helping them to discover their strengths, by giving them that challenge, by giving them a a gentle but firm push to do and be more. And so challenging them to use their strengths, their abilities, is really an important thing to do. Second thing that I think is important is to help people build confidence. I'm amazed at how so many of us, and I have to include myself in this, lack confidence. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, Paul says, I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. In other words, God is always at work in you. He is always doing something. If we are able to be confident that there is something God is doing in us, then we can move forward with that confidence that God is working in my life so I can trust that that's the case. And we all need confidence. When you know that someone believes in you, it helps you. If someone says, man, that was so good and you appreciate and trust their opinion, it gives you confidence to do that, right? If someone says, oh man, that poem you shared, it was magnificent. And it's someone like Brian, you know, Brian's great encourager. And so you hear that and you go, man, if Brian likes it, then maybe I can share it, you know, I'm going to. And it just boosts your confidence when you know someone trusts in you. And think of what Jesus did with Peter, right? You are no longer going to be called Peter. You're going to be called Petros. You're not going to be a stone. You're going to be a rock, And on this, I'm going to build my church. Even though Peter failed, even though Peter struggled, even though Peter is obviously problematic in his life, 
in all the things that we see, Jesus saw something more. And Jesus told Peter he was something more. And what he does is he gives him confidence. He helped him to to move into the position where God saw him doing more. And, And when Jesus said that to Peter, was anything he was anything but a rock at the time he was wishy-washy he was flaky he he denied christ but jesus said no you're a rock and he didn't tell him what he was actually he told him what he could be and i think that's one of the things we need to do as leaders is try and tell people what they can be try and help them to see what they can be. What would have happened if Peter never acted on that potential? What would have happened if Peter felt like, well, I failed, I denied the Lord, so that's it, I'm done. What would have happened even after when Paul rebuked Peter? That we see where he he went before him and and because he was compromising with the the Jews and the Gentiles. What would have happened if he says, oh, I'm just not good enough. I can't be it. You see, not only was he challenged, but God put confidence in him. He said, no, you're, you're a rock. And that's something that we need to own. Sometimes it's not our weakness that really we're afraid of, it's that we are stronger than we imagine and we don't live up to that potential. Okay, yeah. And so, (laughs) Paul says that we can do all things through him who strengthens me in Philippians 4.13. When he says all things, he doesn't mean you you can slam dunk or you can run the mile in under two minutes. What he means is you can... Do the things that God has for you. That's the context. He, he knows how to have a lot, have a little, but he can continue the work that God has for him. He can do all things as God gives him strength, as Christ gives him strength. And so that brings us confidence. You can do this. One of the things I put on my little worksheets when I'm going through this with uh, dog training I list all the things that they need to do at the bottom as I say, you can do this, you know, because I'm really trying to encourage them. It's like, you can do this. You, you've got this. And, and it's kind of funny that some of the people, they sit there and they read that, go, yes, they kind of psych themselves. Yes, I can do this. I can do this. We're just talking about training dogs. How much more do we need confidence to live life, right? You can do this. You're you're qualified by Christ. You can do all things as he gives you strength to live this life that he has called you to. When we give genuine encouragement, it needs to be gentle and it needs to be genuine. No one likes just people blowing smoke at them, right? No, No one likes to be told something and it's not really sincere. Hey, that was a great job. And then they say your name wrong, right? That was a great, that was a great job, job, Matthew. It's like, my name's Mauricio. Yeah, that's what I mean, man. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's got to be genuine. You have to really mean it. And so you have to really care. If you're going to encourage someone and help them have confidence, 
you have to have confidence in them genuinely and you have to kind of help them along in that way. Encouragement also needs to be regular. It shouldn't be something that is sporadic. So don't be stingy to encourage people. You know, one of the things I'm still having to relearn is how to build people up. I remember at one of the man camps that we went to, a bunch of guys went there, and at the very beginning, what they did, uh, Erwin and some of the pastors lined up, and then they gave medals to all the guys who were leaders of the different uh, groups, and they gave them affirmation. And so you had this coin. I forget. It's called you know giving them a coin, something the military does where they'll give coins that help people understand their position. And as they were doing this, I mean, they took a good amount of time just calling people down, encouraging them, giving them this coin, recognizing them. One of the guys in our group started crying. And he said, why couldn't this have happened all along? Why did this never happen when I was in church, when I was serving? I never received encouragement. And he was in tears seeing this because it was so beautiful to him. And how much that should be an everyday thing, right? We should always do those things. We should do it with our kids. We should do it with each other. We should do it with those people we're leading is encourage them and mean it. You know, you're doing a great job. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you so much for working. Thank you so much for taking this task on. Thank you so much for what you're doing. I really see something taking place in you that's good. Encouraging people on a regular basis. It also needs to be specific. In other words, if if it's genuine, then it's going to be about something. It's not like, oh, dinner was so good. It's like, oh man, that chicken was so tender and the way you marinated, it was perfect, right? That's better than dinner was really good. Well, what was really good? Oh, just everything, right? No, it's better when, oh no, the chicken was tender and the vegetables were perfect. That bread was to die for, even though I shouldn't eat bread. And that cake, oh, I can't believe it, right? It's like you can go on and now it starts to mean something because it's specific. They're talking about things that you put effort into and they're noticing your effort. So being specific, being generous with that encouragement is really an important thing. That way we can kind of get them to understand that. So don't just tell people, hey, you did a good job. Notice the way they do things. That was really tactful, the way you spoke with that person and didn't get upset with after what they said. That was really, that was really smooth, the way you did that. I appreciate that. Now someone notices it, and now it becomes something that they're more aware of. And so we need to build confidence in people by encouraging them. We also need to be honest. And this is a hard one, right? Because we're trying to build people up. And so we're challenging them to do more. We're, we're trying to boost their confidence and give them encouragement. But we also need to be truthful. 
Proverbs 27, 6, it says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. See, if someone is really your friend, they're going to let you know if there's something lacking. And it's important that we care enough to confront people, even when it's painful, we want to tell them the truth. I've had people come up to me and share with me, you know, things were so good on Sunday until you started going down this path. And then you got angry, and then I felt like you were just upset, and it really disturbed me. I had someone share that with me. My first response is, who do you think you are? You know, what do you, you? I could validate all these things that I said, but I had to stop and listen to it, and I could appreciate what they were saying. And what they did was they told me the truth about something that I was speaking, and I needed to hear it. I needed to hear it because I did. I got lost in an emotion that was really an emotion for me. It wasn't meant to be an emotion for everybody. And so being able to have someone confront that, it's an important thing. I'm not gonna just let people go down this place if they could do more if they were just told the truth, right? I mean, people who are involved with sports, they get trainers for this reason. They get trainers to tell them where their golf swing is bad how they need to you know, lift the leg higher, stretch more when they're pitching the ball. The trainer is there to point out what they're doing wrong so they can get better. Sometimes we need the same thing. You know, you're, you're just too angry. It doesn't come across in a good way. You know, you, you really should care more or, or be more involved. And these things are hard to hear, but they strike at the core of truth within us and they move us to a healthier and better place. And so we have to be willing to go there. We have to be willing to go there, but it also has to be done in the right way because I found that correction is very powerful, but it's also very dangerous because if it's done in a way that's very... I don't know, self-serving, it can be very demoralizing. It can be very uh, very hurtful to the people. And the difference between a right way and a wrong way of correcting people is our attitude in the way that we do it. If, if all we're trying to do is point out someone's faults, then just stop. If that's your purpose, I just want you to know what you're doing wrong, and that's the bottom line, then just stop. Don't say anything. But if the purpose is to correct so that they can be better, do better, it's not there to condemn, then you need to ask, what's the motive for this? Am I correcting them for my benefit or for their benefit? And a lot of times we want to correct people just because you know, they're being jerks. And we just don't like the way they're acting. They're hassling us. They're annoying us. And we think, if they would stop being such a jerk, my life would be better. They would stop, you know, sending me those messages or, 
you know, saying those things, then my life would be better. So I'm just going to tell them they're wrong. And then what's my motive? It's selfish. In Ephesians 4.15, it says, speak the truth in love. Love means giving people what they need rather than what they deserve. So affirm people when you're giving them a sense of correction and being honest with them. You know, we judge ourselves by our motives, but we judge others by their actions. Right? I know my heart. I know how I feel about this. But them, they did this. We have no concept of their motives or what they feel. All we do is see actions. And so we need to be careful that we don't do that. The fourth thing that we need to do is we need to give people credit. This is, again, something that I have to learn and I have to develop more in my life. You know, Rick Warren has said that God can do great things through the person who doesn't care who gets the credit. I like that. God can do great things through the person who doesn't care who gets the credit. Because if all I want is to get credit, then I'm going to limit the possibilities that God can work in other people. And so it's important that we're able to give credit more than just want it, more than just claim it. And how quick are we to share credit? Kind of human nature to want to share blame and keep credit, right? Oh, you'd figure that out, huh? <laughs> what is it? There's a Michael Scott in the office. He says, I want all the credit and none of the blame, right? They say, what do you want? What do you want? Well, I want all the credit and none of the responsibility or something like that. It, it, and that's kind of our nature, right? I want credit, but I don't want to take the blame. I don't want that responsibility. And really, it's a mark of maturity to accept the blame and to share the credit, to help build others up. Philippians 2 Verses three and four, it says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. See, it's not just about you. How can you credit others? How can you help them out? One of the things I, I noticed uh, when I started being involved with Mosaic Whenever they would have the leadership meetings, Erin would always just go on and on about the different people that were there serving. He'll still do it. If you listen to his talks, he'll say, I just want to compliment so-and-so. Man, this guy's doing this, and he's single ladies. You know what I mean? He just kind of goes to this place where he really builds this person up, and it's so refreshing. You know, there, there's... We have to understand that... If I build others up, it doesn't tear me down. It doesn't make me less when I make others more. And we have to live that way because that's the example of Christ. 
He, he didn't think his reputation was something that he had to, to grasp for. Even though he was in the image of God, he lowered himself to, to the cross. Even though he was higher than the angels, he lowered himself, subjected himself to death. See, it didn't make him less when he made us more. What it did is actually revealed God through him. And that's what happens to us. When we're giving others credit, it actually builds people up. Being a people builder requires unselfishness. If you're going to build people up, you can't be selfish. And if you're selfish, you will find that you build very few people up. That's one of the ways you can kind of monitor yourself. Are you building others up? Are you giving credit? Are you really esteeming other people, putting them on a platform above you? If not, then you're probably selfish. And need to look at those things. Maybe we can begin by writing down the name of one person that you want to help build up. And then pray and ask God, how can you help me to just build this person up? Show me this person's strength. Because we always build on our strengths. What's this person's strength? How do I help them to build on their strength? And then imagine the impact that we could have if we would commit ourselves to being people who build others up. People would love to come to church if every time they came to church, they were built up. You know what? I love your smile. You just brighten my day. I remember Justin Sapp, who's come here a few times. When I saw him one time, he goes, how's that lady? That lady, man, when I come there, she's just the sweetest thing. She just encourages me so much. She just loves me, gives me the biggest hug. And it was Chris, right? Chris Jolliker. And I go, I, yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. She does the same for me, right? Oh, I just love you so much, right? She comes and she gets, she's such an encourager. I'm telling you, when I come to church, I see her, it's just all in a good day. What if everyone was like that? What if all of us built each other up And everyone came to church and they left feeling, man, I am good. I can do all things and I am a talented person. I didn't realize how talented I am and I feel good about myself. They'd come back next week because who wouldn't? Right. So these are things that we can do and it impacts others. If we would just determine to bring out the best in everyone who's in our sphere of influence. And as a leader, I think that's what we need to try and do. That's one of the purposes of the church is to help people grow and become what God has intended them to be. And so that's what we need to do, especially those who are in any kind of position of leadership. Again, what we want to do is challenge people, build their confidence, be honest, and give them credit.
think those are some things that can really help us to be better if we're going to be leading in whatever place, in whatever area you lead in, whether it's involved with the church or at work, even in home life, it can be helpful. Any thoughts or questions? Yeah, strength finders, whenever you have one of your strengths, everyone would stand up and clap. You know, it's like, hey, we're going to celebrate you, so. Yes, Lauren. I think that's the intent. You know, people don't do it many times because I think that's definitely growing up where I've grown up in church. Um, you know, it's kind of like, well, you shouldn't need, you know, any affirmation because you're doing this for God, you know, and that should be enough to keep you going. Um, but really, I mean, we see Paul constantly thanking people and giving them praise. Um, I, I think, I think the people who are prideful will be prideful whether they get affirmation, affirmation or not. I think that that's a characteristic that sometimes even people, when they don't receive affirmation, they give themselves enough where it wouldn't matter. Um, people often say things like, oh, don't thank me, it was God. You know, and, and to me, that is a detachment from responsibility. It's a detachment from involvement. And it's, it's making yourself think that, well, if I get a thank you, I, it's going to go to my head. It'd be like, yeah, that was me. No, it would be... Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like, thank you. You know, I appreciate someone who leads well. I appreciate someone who can lead worship, who can sing, can play, can move me into a place of worship and do a good job. And not everyone who sings does that. And so the people who do do that, I think it's good for them to know that they're doing that. I, I think everyone knows that they're doing that. And I think that's a natural response. Hey, man, that was great. That was really great. Thank you for leading that. Like, oh, thanks. I appreciate that. You know, it's, I'm glad to know that my time of practicing, that my time of, you know, meditation and prayer on this list and putting this together, I'm, I'm appreciative that it made an impact. How will I know? Yeah. You know, well, you just do this to, for God. No, we're, we're doing this for people to bring them to God, Right. And so my motive is to help them get closer to the Lord through this time of music or through a talk or something that we say. And so if someone says, hey, that really touched me, thank you. I'm glad that it did. That was my intention. I, I, I studied, I practiced, I put time into it so that it would impact people. And knowing that it did, it, I'm grateful. Okay, it doesn't mean, yeah, that's right, I do this all the time. You see, it's a heart issue. If your heart goes there, then there's a problem already there. And that problem's not going to be because someone says, hey, that was a great job. That problem's going to be there because you already think you're great. Otherwise, if a person's humble, then they're not going to go, well... I was, you know, just trying to do this to honor God, but now that you said that, I guess I really am something. You know, I've never seen that happen. I, I, I've seen 
people who are humble be grateful that those things are happening. And I've seen people who are really appreciative and it doesn't come across as they're not humble. No, it's just God. No, it wasn't God. If it was God, it would be a lot better. You know, it's like, it's just an acceptance of your responsibility in doing something. You know, I, I need to be good at what I'm doing so that it can be effective for what God wants to do. And if I am not a good speaker, then I need to be aware of it. I, I need to know if it's not making contact, if it's not helping. And if I am making contact and it is doing something good, I need to know that so I can kind of reflect what's going on, why is this good, what's happening. You know, there are times where I felt like a talk I gave was just really, really bad. Like I felt like it bombed and I've had a number of people come up to me after, oh, that talk was, it, you can't imagine how much it touched my life. And I'm like, okay, got to think about this one. What, what touched your life? Because I felt like I was all over the place. I felt like my points weren't clear. I felt like, you know, I, I was kind of not focused and very direct, but you got something out of it. So I need to kind of look back and sometimes I'll listen to my talks again. And that's always hard, you know, because like I always hear like, oh, okay, I used that person, you know, his name wrong. I said Peter instead of Paul or whatever. I'm always catching these things that I do wrong. But then when I listen to it, there's sometimes things that stand out to me. It's like, oh, wow. Okay. That, that was something that was powerful. You know, I might not have even noticed it at the time, and then God ministers to me later on. And there's times it's like, oh, gosh, that was just came out wrong. You know, that didn't come out good. And so sometimes listening to those things afterwards and trying to find out what did people get? You know, it's always the work of the Spirit, but He works with us and through us. And, and so I would say just overall to that question, because I come from the same roots as you, right, in that area where... There wasn't affirmation. It's just you do this unto the Lord. That's all the you know praise you need. And, and there's an element of truth. We do this for God, but we're in a world with people. And, and so we need to have that affirmation with people. But again, the bottom line to this is really it's about us being in communication with God and in a relationship with God that is healthy and that produces healthy whatever. No matter what people say, if I'm in a healthy place, it will produce a healthy life. I just heard a pastor speak at a conference and he said that his worship team went to to lead and do worship at this church where the people in their worship team drink and they all came back with drinking problems. And I thought, you know what? They had problems before they went, okay? <laughs> if you're going to tell me that your whole worship team went to a place where these other people were drinking and they all came back with drinking problems, something was wrong with those people before they went to that place. And now you're just scapegoating this other people. And his whole point was drinking is bad, you know, can't do this. Otherwise, your worship team will become alcoholics, you know. Um, but... You see what I'm saying? It's like if, if they were in a good place, it doesn't matter what these people are doing. I know where I'm at. My relationship with God is here. If yours isn't, it, it doesn't 
change where mine is because I have a relationship. Yeah, there's responsibility, personal responsibility, um, but that's kind of where your relationship with God should be enough to help you through those things. Because I think people need encouragement. Okay? Most people I know know what their weaknesses are, most of them. There's a few that don't, and they always stand out. Right? But the majority, 90-plus percent of the people I come in contact with are very aware of their sinfulness, of their weakness, of their inadequacy. They're very much ashamed of something in their life. And Christ didn't come to condemn, didn't come to bring shame. And so I feel it's my job as a leader to help move them to the place where that's not burdening them and holding them back from living a full and you know, fulfilled life that God wants them to live. You have a right to voice yourself and your opinion and the things that you think. You should have a right, and the church should be a place where that's safe. So then even if you said something that was, you know, silly, that you didn't get put down, it's like, okay, well, yeah, that's interesting. You know, you should be able to still help them not feel ashamed or feel like, oh, well, I can't speak. They should have the right to be silly, they have the right to be, you know, uh, wrong. They have the right to have a voice. This is supposed to be a place where we can be human, where we can be real, where we can be engaging. I mean, look at Jesus and the disciples. Which one of us can sit at the right hand? Get those kids away from him, right? How many times did these things happen where they just did and said the wrong things? And Jesus set them straight but they never stopped talking. They still had a voice. You know, he didn't say, hey, just Peter, no more. Shh, enough. Right? We don't see that kind of thing. Peter had the right to speak. And whenever he said something good, you know, God has revealed this to you. He affirmed him. You hear from God. And then <laughs> get thee behind me, Satan, when it was right, you know? And so... But yeah, I think affirmation is an important part. I think we see it throughout the epistles that Paul wrote. He always starts off that way. Even Corinthian church, you know, he blesses them and he calls them his brothers and they're loved by God. And then he lets them know what they're messing up in. But they never stop being loved, being affirmed. And I think that's important. And it's hard. It's hard. Especially when people rub you the wrong way. <laughs> no, it's so much is the people. It really is and how they're receiving it. And you've got to be as wise as you can, but you can't predict people's response. I've had similar things where I feel like I'm being very cordial to someone and I miss one text, you know, and it's like, are you mad at me? It's like, why would you think that? Well, you didn't respond to my text. Well, it was like 11 o'clock at night and I was, you know, I didn't feel I needed to. And... It was, you know, and so some people, it's just, they're very sensitive to those kinds of things. Next week, well, a couple of things. Um, we are going to stop midweeks in August. Um, so we're going to finish through July, and then in August, we're going to stop. Um, for the month of August, we'll see if it goes further than that. I know I'm going to be uh, in Haiti 
one or two of the Wednesdays, and one Wednesday, but I'm doing, I think, a wedding on one of the Wednesdays or something like that. So I was going to be gone two of the Wednesdays, and we're just going to take a break kind of in the summer. And then uh, we'll see when we come back when that'll be. Um, So just to give you kind of a forewarning, July will fulfill, you know, all our midweeks. So you can be here for every Wednesday in July. But come August, we're going to take a break from midweek. But what we're going to be doing next week is I've asked Denise to come and share about her starting a nonprofit, the For a Reason, and what she has learned and kind of sharing with us how she has become a leader in this. And I'm really looking forward to that. I hope you guys can make it. Um, She has done so much to this organization in such a short time. It's impressive. And I would like to learn more from her in this way. And I hope you guys will be here too to receive all those things. I know it's always encouraging where people are here. It's a little nerve wracking too. um, But if anyone, I think kind of deserves to speak into our community. She would be one of the people with all the things she's done with For a Reason in Haiti. And so just next week, that's going to be taking place. And we'll see what else happens later on in the month, okay? Let's pray and then finish the cookies if they're not gone. <laughs> Lord, we are grateful for your patient love and how gentle you are with us, yet how firm. And God, we pray for that wisdom, Lord, that we would recognize how fragile people are and how strong they are at the same time. And you would give us wisdom how to move forward in our communication with them. Thank you again for everyone here. Pray you'd continue to bless them as well as Genesis and what you have for us in the future. Do praise you. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to the Genesis podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.